Um, I, I know how difficult it is to play the quarterback position. And I know that that room is so important to the guy that's playing in terms of everybody having your back and pulling in the same direction. So, um, you know, today's the day to digest a little bit and we'll get away for the buy a little bit, but, um, yeah, I mean, once this thing starts up again, um, you know, I've got to do my best for Tua to help him out. You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back to Huddle Up, a football podcast. My name's Tony. It's a Thursday edition. They're always Thursday editions. I'm joined by Daniel and by Corey, as always. Welcome back, Daniel and Corey. Hi, guys. Hello. Last week, we took our bye week. Daniel uh, Daniel and I tried to get together a couple of times. Corey was on vacation with his wife in Maine, and it, the te- technical issues stopped Daniel and I from having an episode. But uh, the bye week's over. We're back. But what's interesting about the bye week is this week, Miami Dolphins have a bye week. And when they return from their bye week, uh, Tua Taga, say, help me out here, Tua Tag, Tua Tunga Vailoa. Tunga Vailoa will be the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. A bit of news, what we heard in the beginning, before the intro, was a press conference from today or yesterday, I think it was, a Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. I guess now I'm confused because today is Thursday, even though it's Wednesday. Anyway, that's not the point. Sorry. The point was Ryan Fitzpatrick at a press conference being really supportive of the idea of Tua being the starting quarterback moving forward, of understanding what it means to be the starter and and the, nece- the necessity of support for that position. But we also know that Fitzpatrick was caught off guard. Here's more, here's more of that same interview. You know, we've talked in the past, uh, me and you guys, about, you know, how I'm the placeholder and this eventually was going to happen no matter, it, it was just a matter of kind of when, not if. So... I guess, uh, first of all, a few things come to mind. First of all, the Dolphins are three and three, so they're not losing. They've won three of their last four. One of them was against the San Francisco 49ers, and it wasn't like a, a slim victory. They whooped the 49ers' ass. And here we are now going into the bye week, and two is the starter. Corey, Daniel, what do you guys make of this? Is this... Is this business as usual now in the NFL where you have a first round, early first round rookie quarterback and so you, you thrust him onto the field at the first opportunity? Is is Fitzpatrick being done dirty? What what peel back this? What's going on here? It's it's very interesting. Uh, and I mean, as you guys know, I'm a big Tua fan. I think he might be the best quarterback out of the draft class. So, I mean, I figured at some point this would happen, but the you know, the coach said that Fitzpatrick was the starter and Fitzpatrick just won you two straight games and put up 43 points and 24 points. So it just, it, the, the weirdest part to me is it just seems like an odd time to do it. Um, I guess they do have a fairly favorable schedule coming up. I mean, right off the bat, they got the Rams. That's tough. But then the Cardinals D the chargers, the Broncos, the jets, the Bengals. So it's a friendly stretch. I, it's just a weird time to me. It doesn't make a lot of sense if 
if your goal is to win games and Fitzpatrick's doing it, I, I don't know why you're switching right now. It's just kind of weird. You know, that I'm glad you brought up the schedule because it is very favorable. The, the Chargers are first up after the bye. Chargers, the Rams. The Rams are first up after the bye, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, it is relatively favorable. The timing with the schedule is what's interesting because here's, here's I think, is what the, the dilemma that ownership and the coaching staff had to, had to really stare down. If Fitzpatrick continues for the next four games, they win three of the next four games. And now they're what, six and four? I mean, that's realistic. That's a realistic outcome with Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins. Now at six and four, can you bench your starter at any point throughout the rest of the season for the, for the first round pick that's never done anything? Does that make sense? Like, is, is what I'm saying? Like, I, I, there's no point to that, I guess, other than are they getting ahead of the curve? Are they saying, hey, we've got this guy. We know, as Fitzpatrick just said, we know he's the journeyman. We know he's just here temporarily. Let's just rip this Band-Aid off. Is that what's happening here? Because part of me feels like they're willing to step back today to take a step forward next year. Is I guess, does that make sense, Daniel? Am I making any sense at all? No, that's that's the exact way I would describe it. Um, at, at first I thought how Corey did, you know, it's very weird timing. Fitzpatrick is lighting it up. Uh, they're not, they don't have a losing record, but from what I have heard and read, this was the plan all along. And regardless of how well or poorly Fitzpatrick has played, they're going to have the bye this week. Um, and then Tua's is going to have first team reps all week, get prepped. And then he's going to have another week of first team reps. And I guess this was the plan. And I had heard that he is lighting it up in practice. So if you are the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, you just drafted this generational quarterback, you know, early, early pick. The head coach didn't want him. It wasn't a head coach pick. I understand. I get it. It was an ownership pick. I get it. But if he's lighting it up in practice, you've got Fitzpatrick, who, yes, he's playing well right now, but we've seen, you know, in his career – it's just a matter of time before he has that four interception nightmare game. And then, you know, why, why take him out and start two of then when you could do it now, they are looking for the next year for sure. And I, I, I think it's exactly what you're saying. They're getting ahead of the curve. Um, Cause I don't really think they care for the rest of the year. If they don't win another game, at least they get to a, some reps and they get him some experience. And then they, you know, they start next year with now an experience. Um, like you said, Corey, you like him, you know, the best quarterback in this draft class. I think he's got some competition. Two weeks from now, they're playing the Chargers. I think, or three weeks, I think Herbert looks fantastic. That game is going to be super exciting. Both of them, uh, top six in the draft, it's going to be good to watch. Yeah, no, that'll be a really good game. And Tony, you're asking earlier, like, what Tua does to the offense, I think Tua just brings a little more for finesse in the passing game, a little more precision. Where Fitzpatrick, when you watch him play, you see him throwing it, throw it into a lot of tight windows. And there's a lot of 50-50 balls where like a lot of his passes should probably be picked, but he throws it so damn hard the defenders just drop it. So I think if maybe the offensive coordinator or the coach feels confident in their off- offense right now, they think maybe Tua can just take it to the next level and just execute everything better. Tua throws a great deep ball. I, I love his deep ball. It looks like Kyler Murray's or Russell Wilson's. And I, 
I think it, if that's the way their mindset, I think it could really work. You know, and I wonder about that too. And, and it's easy to say that the dolphins, we, and we just talked about this. It's easy to say that the dolphins don't care if they win another game this year. It's so easy to say they have all the picks in the world, tons of cap space available. They're an up and rising team and they could afford, I mean, the dolphins could tank and nobody would be really that mad at them about it. Like, like nobody's expecting a lot out of the dolphins, but at the same time, it wasn't that long ago in Kansas city that Alex Smith kept his job maybe a little bit longer than he should have. When we all knew that Mahomes was there, we all knew that it was waiting there. And I mean, I just wonder, could the chiefs have made it farther into the playoffs? Could they have beat the Patriots for the super bowl? If Patrick Mahomes as a rookie was the quarterback, I don't know. I don't know, but but could Miami possibly be thinking the same thing? Are they thinking that perhaps they have a better shot of winning with Tua than they do with Fitzpatrick? I, th- I think they definitely have to think they're going to be better. I mean, put yourself in the shoes of the coaches. Like you don't want to go out there and lose. Like I know people talk about tanking, but if if you're, if that's what you're doing and you're doing that on the field and in practice, like your players are going to notice that and it just, it goes throughout the locker room and it's a negative thing. And they, I think they have to feel really confident because not only do they face Herbert, but they also face Burrow a couple of weeks later. So you're, you're taking a shot and putting your rookie out against both the other rookies and I guess saying that he's better. So we'll, we'll just see how it plays out. I think he is better than both of them, but we're just going to have to see. Historically, historically two of the top three quarterbacks have panned out. Don't know which two. It's never really doesn't work out like the number for the first. I mean, Robert Griffith didn't work out. I mean, two of the top three quarterbacks typically work out in the NFL. And Tua is now the third of three. So it is exciting to see how he's going to pair up against these other young quarterbacks. But what about Daniel with fantasy implications? Devontae Parker has been a player that people have been waiting on for a really long time. And late last year and into this year, Devontae Parker has been a surprise relief to fantasy owners. What are the fantasy implications of Tua taking up under center? Yeah, it's interesting because I was going back and looking at the targets, which is kind of where you follow on fantasy because, you know, touchdowns are kind of fluky. So you can't really follow the touchdowns, even though you can follow red zone targets, but just targets in general. Uh, Devontae Parker leads the pack with 40 targets. So he is by far Ryan Fitzpatrick's favorite possession guy. Um, I don't know. He's right now the wide receiver 25, Devontae Parker is. But on the other side of the field, they have Preston Williams, who he's the wide receiver 44. He's still kind of coming back from an injury. He is taller. He's the downfield, like deep threat guy too. To a is used to having multiple dominant options. Um, You know, last year at Alabama, he only played nine games and his average air yards per attempt was over 13. So he is not scared to air it out. Um, You know, he had 33 touchdowns in nine games. So the guy knows how to win. I think the guy it affects the most because it's kind of up in the air for Parker and Williams, just kind of which guy he favors more if he takes advantage of matchups with Preston Williams on the outside. I think the guy it affects the most is Miles Gaskin because you talk about Devontae Parker being 
kind of this fantasy revelation. Miles Gaskin came out of nowhere. Everybody knew when he got drafted last year, just kind of who he was, but he's just been a depth chart piece. And now he is the running back 16. And we're through six weeks. He's got 29 targets. That's the thing that's helping Miles Gaskin. is He's not only getting the rushing work, but he's getting the receiving work too. And with kind of veteran guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick, when they, when they feel the rush, uh, their, their tendencies are kind of just, you know, find either the tight end or the running back, depending on who you are. And for Fitzpatrick, it's been find Miles Gaskin. And I don't know if Tua is going to have those same tendencies. You know, a lot of times with these younger QBs, they target their tight ends. Um, or just kind of shorter route guys just to get used to the pace of the NFL. But, I mean, the tight ends in Miami is a mess. Last week, Adam Shaheen led the team with 51 yards and a touchdown. Durham Smythe caught a touchdown. Mike Gusecki had a goose egg. He didn't even catch a ball. And he's the most talented one of the three by a lot. So it'll be interesting to see. Miles Gaskin's performance going forward because I think he's kind of a diamond in the rough guy, kind of like a James Robinson this year for Jacksonville, the guy that came out of nowhere and is actually really helping teams. Um, I think Devontae Parker will be okay um, just because he's kind of cemented into the offense and they're they're kind of fitting Tua into their offense. And kind of like what Corey said, I think they think that Tua is good enough to where they'll have a better offense with him in there. So I wouldn't worry if I was a Devontae Parker owner, but I would just you know, hold on steady if I was a Miles Gaskin owner because it could get better, but it also could get worse. So moving forward, I don't know. Did we have a consensus about the Dolphins under Tua? Are they better or worse? I think they're better. I think I think they will be better because they'll be harder to game plan against. Obviously, we haven't seen tape on Tua, so that's a big thing in the NFL's preparation. So for the time being, I'm going to say Tua just because we haven't seen him before. And what if he comes out and lights the world on fire like, you know, Burrow did kind of unexpectedly with a bad Bengals team and Justin Herbert did? Um, I, I think they could be better for sure. What do you think, Tony? Well, I think they could be better. I think that Tua is obviously a much more mobile quarterback. I'm really worried. I'm really, really worried about Tua's Injury history, this is a long, like, boring conversation that we don't need to have the whole thing. Like, I'm worried about his lower lower body injuries over his career. I'm worried about him being an aggressive quarterback. I'm worried about it. All the things that I'm worried about is what excites me. I mean, he is a physical player. He can take that franchise over. And if he can stay healthy, then the Dolphins are in much better shape than they were last week. And I hate, I hate to say that because Fitzpatrick has been the journeyman quarterback that we all love. I mean... He, he's not been a Brian Hoyer. Let's just say like Brian Hoyer is a, can we call him a journeyman? I've got my fingers in the air, holding my parentheses above my head. <laughs> is Brian Hoyer is not a journeyman quarterback. He's a backup quarterback. Ryan Fitzpatrick has been a quarterback for Tampa Bay and for Indianapolis and for the, the Jets at one point, right? I mean, there have been so many so many teams that have had so much success with with Fitzpatrick and limited success nothing major but he he fills that gap i don't i don't like seeing him get pushed out that's what i'm trying to say he's a fighter he's a competitor and he does a great job 
but I am excited about Miami. I'm excited about them with Tua, and I can't wait to see a mobile Miami. I, I, I'm really, really excited about that. Anyway. I couldn't be more excited about the teacher that he has because remember when Tua went in the game last week, Ryan Fitzpatrick was seen on the sidelines pumping up the crowd. That's this was Ryan. his replacement. He, that's, he that's knows his it's his replacement. That's his job. He's the backup quarterback. No, it's not. He's, no, the, he's the backup not. quarterback. It's not his job to have a good attitude about it. And he did. And he's going to take Tua and make him like, I don't know. He's going to take him under his wing for sure. We, we heard it in the clip. He's going to do everything he can to make Tua better. That is not his job. His job is to be the backup quarterback. But with Tua's skill, and then you add in the teachings of Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think all the makings are into his future to have a good one. Corey, do you bet Ryan Fitzpatrick is a good backup quarterback? Best bets of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I did my best, Tony, there. That's that's the best you could do. Corey, what are your best bets of the week? <laughs> I, don't I don't know if that's the best I could do. <laughs> oh, man. Last week, we were 2-1-1. One, and one. We made some money. We're 12-10-2 and two on the season, so we're slowly moving in the right direction here. We'll get straight into this week's picks. I've got the Panthers plus 7.5 at the Saints. I've been trying to find the underdogs all year. I've told you that's where I make my money. I think the Panthers are a pretty solid team. Um, I think the Saints have kind of underperformed this year. Breeze hasn't looked quite as sharp. Um, He's improved since the beginning of the season, but I think the Panthers could definitely give them a run for their money. Um, The Saints are at home, but there aren't a lot of fans in the stands still. So, um, again, this week, all my teams are away, uh, just cause that little, I think that little, those little extra points that Vegas gives them, but yeah, Panthers plus seven and a half. I think they play them tough. My next one, the Cowboys and Washington game is even right now. I think the Cowboys win straight up. Uh, somebody has got to take control of this division. And I realize the Cowboys have Andy Dalton as a quarterback, but he's, he's a good quarterback. And I know there's some. There's a little fiasco going on down there in Dallas, but I think they're going to get it together this week, bounce back. I think they're all a little pissed off. Corey, um, I just what does the even? I've never seen an even line before, so explain that. Just I've never bet an even line before, so explain that, please. It just means there's no favorite, so you're basically betting the money line. There's no points. They're plus zero. So straight up. Yep. Got it. There's no points. Cool. So, yeah, you're just betting the Cowboys' money line, basically. Uh, but, yeah, I think Cowboys bounce back. I think they beat the Washington Redskins. I just – they're kind of – you know, they're in their own fiasco with Haskins on the bench now and all that stuff. So, um, next one, Packers minus three at the Texans. Packers just got their butts whooped. I think the Packers are really good team. I think the Texans have some good players like Deshaun Watson – and on other spots of the field, but I think they definitely have holes. Um, I think they've had holes in their team for a long time. I think the Packers will execute and cover that three and a half. Um, They're on the road at the Texans again. Uh, Last one, Steelers plus one at the Titans. The two undefeateds going head-to-head. I think the Titans are due to lose. I still – I know my opinion started to change. I do believe that they're one of the better teams in the league. But I I still don't have that full confidence. I do think the Steelers are. I think they've got the better quarterback. I know Tannehill's been playing out of his mind. 
but I'm going to take Roethlisberger. I'm going to take that defense. I think they get a hold of Derrick Henry. I think Derrick Henry is the Titans Achilles heel. If they don't have him going, I think it's a struggle for him. And anytime you can get a and five team, uh, like the Steelers getting a point or I'm sorry, a five and O team, like the Steelers getting a point, uh, I'm going to roll with it. So let's go make some money. Yeah, Corey, I looked at uh, parlaying all four of your picks this week. I just wanted to type in the odds here, and I know you don't recommend parlaying, but a 20-spot wins you 279. All in, nice. baby. We're, we're so doing a hit all four. I think we did it. We've done it. We did it once last year for sure. Um, That might be it. But it, it can happen. I feel like it's due to happen. So feel free to parlay it if you're feeling frisky. Feel free to parlay if you're feeling frisky. Done. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle Up. Team on three. One, two, three. Three.